After years of planning and hundreds of millions of pounds spent, Manchester City finally found a way to be crowned as champions of Europe. But scaling the mountain won't be enough for Pep Guardiola. He'll want to stay at the summit to cement his legacy as one of the greatest football coaches the game has ever seen. There are a host of teams ready to try and knock him off that perch, but can any of them actually do it? I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is Football Only Better. The week when the European group stages start is always one of my favourite of the season. Thrilled to have a top-tipping team alongside me for this one, starting with Mark O'Hare. Mark, City 3.15 favourites to retain their trophy. Bayern Munich 7, Real Madrid 9. My first instinct is that the market is wrong on Bayern. Can't understand why they're second favourites. Don't understand why they're shorter than Real Madrid. But what's your view? Of the outright market here, uh, I would disagree uh, with you. But um, yeah, I mean, you start with Manchester City. Um, we say the same stuff every week, don't we? They are they are the best team on the planet at the minute. Um, they're the defending champions now, so psychologically, the monkey is off their back, so to speak. Uh, but as we always say, this uh, is always about uh, betting. You know, price is first and foremost the most important aspect here. And Man City are now shorter to win this tournament this time around than they were at the same stage last season. When they were five to two on the sports book, they're two to one on the sports book this time around. Obviously, those prices can be a little bit um, bigger on the exchange. But um, I guess the the question I had was: Are City that much better this time around than they were twelve months ago uh, to sort of allow that uh, sort of price to shorten as much as it has? It's basically giving them a thirty three percent chance of winning the whole thing, which is quite a high percentage figure when you consider some of the caliber of teams they can come up against. They've lost some key players in the summer. They have refreshed the squad. You know, Gavardiol is an, an exceptional capture in defence. Kovacic is handy. Mateus Nunes is, is much better than the player we saw at Wolves. And Doku has the potential to be brilliant if he can stay fit. But they also lost a couple of coaches from behind the scenes. Um, so, yeah, I, I do sort of question whether they are better than they were 12 months ago. Um, I kind of Is it the psychology, though, Mark? Is it the fact that now they've won it, they know that they can... And unlike PSG, for example, that pressure isn't there as much because it was always in those tight games, ah, we really need to win this. We've never won it. Now they actually have. And you often see this, don't you, with teams, once you've got the first one, then winning those subsequent trophies is a bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fully agree with that. Um, but is it enough to sort of tempt me into a two-to-one play on City to win the whole thing compared to... Five to two last year. It's, it's a short price for a long-term bet uh, in such a competitive field. Um, I've slight concerns about the size of the City squad, which I expressed 12 months ago in the Premier League and the Champions League. And this time around, they're playing on five fronts with the Club World Cup, uh, as well as their usual commitments. You can kind of compare and contrast their schedule with the likes of Bayern, even Real Madrid. Um, they'll be having a much heavier, tougher schedule than, than those two clubs. So there's a few sort of inklings there. I'm not sort of denying City deserve to be firm favourites for it, but I'm just quite happy to have a little play elsewhere. And I would actually look at buying myself. Um, I know you probably disagree, but I thought 7.0 was was, was okay. Um, you know, you can pick flaws in every team in this competition, including Bayern. Um, but, um, you know, they didn't get the players they wanted in before the transfer window shut. Clearly, they wanted to strengthen in fullback and defensive midfield. But by the sounds of it, they're going to go, you know, hell for leather to get those players in January. And this isn't a bet on where Bayern Munich are right now. It's more of a bet of where Bayern Munich might be come February, March. Um, you know, they have the winter break in Germany to rest and refresh. There's no World Cup this time around. Fewer cup competitions and league matches. So physically, Bayern should be at their peak or, you know, in a better condition than any other player, any other player, any other team, I should say, in the knockout stage. And I'm not saying they've found the missing piece of that puzzle with Harry Kane, but the spine does look strong. Thomas Tuchel, you've got a coach there who's got course and distance form. If they do win the group, which I expect them to do so, they'll avoid City in that first knockout stage. And then it comes down to the luck of the draw, really. And we saw how important that was last year when Bayern, Real and Man City were lumped on one side and you had um, Napoli, the Milan clubs and Benfica on the other. So, you know, you need a bit of luck on your, on your side, whoever you're backing in this competition. 
I just think they're stronger this time around and could be even stronger come January. Uh, Kim hasn't had a, a fantastic start to his life in, in Munich, but I expect him to be a, a tremendous long-term capture for them. Paulinho, if they do get him in January, will add an enormous sort of uh, ability to that sort of defensive midfield holding role if they need it. Um, and, you know, few teams can match their firepower in this competition either. So um, I thought Bayern at seven was, was fair enough, really. Um, Real Madrid without Benzema kind of worries me slightly, uh, although there are obviously some fantastic alternatives there at the club. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a top-heavy market, I think, this time around. And you've kind of got to choose your poison between a few of the sort of big guns. And Bayern would be my play. Um, we might get onto it, but I also think there's a shout for PSG as even a, a back to lay uh, opportunity here. Uh, probably the first time I've ever mentioned them in an outright conversation. <laughs> I was um, going to say. And clearly the start's not been fantastic, but I think Luis Enrique is a, is a terrific coach. They've now got what seems to be a young, motivated squad with fewer egos. Clearly losing Messi and Neymar has, has you know, seen that price swell to 16.5. They were about 6.0 around the stage last year. Defensive options are as good as any, I think, in the competition. You've got Donnarumma and Goal. Ugarte, I think, was a really smart pickup in midfield to yeah. provide real lungs and bite and battle. Um, I just think going forward, they've got such a plethora of alternative options in forward areas. And Bappe, obviously, one of the best strikers in the world, if not the best. Uh, I expect them to win what is a, a very sort of uh, interesting group as well. And again, it comes down to luck. They've, they've dropped out in the last 16 and five of, five of the last seven seasons. But if they are to win that group, they should avoid the big guns. And then again, it comes down to the luck of the draw. And if they were to get to, you know, they have a, they've had a really tough draw almost every season now. Um, get a bit of luck that time around. I just think Luis Enrique will improve that team week on week. And the PSG side we see right now will be very different to the PSG side that come into force in February, March time. So they're my theories. Uh, and I think if PSG do win the group and do avoid Man City in the last 16, you won't be getting 16.0 on them come March. Yeah, I take the point about Bayern. I, I, I've got no issue with the fact they're contenders. My issue is the fact that I looked at them and looked at Real Madrid and thought, why are Bayern a stronger option than Real? And I get it that it's a long-term bet. There's a lot of ifs, buts and maybes. I looked at that Bayern squad ahead of the commentary that I did on Friday against Leverkusen. It's ever so thin. It is a really small squad. And that squad is two or three injuries away from disaster so if they get the job done in January then great but if they don't I, th I think there are big problems there with Real Madrid's I know they've got Hosselu leading the line and that's a bit scary but I do think if you've got the potential at some stage of having Bellingham behind Rodrigo and Vinicius who are absolute killers in attack I, I do think that's the kind of firepower ahead of all that midfield quality that can actually do some damage and we don't know how long Courtois is going to be out for of course that's a, a major blow as well this is why it's always good fun Poirot couldn't have worked out this stuff lots of kind of mysteries going on uh, trader tipster and one of the 21st century's great pioneers in trapeze artistry Emmett O'Keefe is with us once again uh, Emmett you were spot on at the start of last season when you tipped Barcelona to win La Liga how do you feel about them Heading into this Champions League, yeah, I, on on Barcelona, I, I kind of I think I've hopefully learnt my lesson from last year. I tipped them for the Champions League and they got knocked out in the group stage. But you were right about the La Liga. You said straight away you thought that was a good enough team to compete, and they did get stuck in a really hard group. To be fair, in the Champions League, so, yeah, on on Barcelona, I kind of like, this is a bit reductive, but I'll I'll go for it anyway. Like if Oriol Romeu is the answer holding midfield, what's the question? Like the que I, I just I, I think I think they're just they're short of answers in that position. As the I finance, just, though, right? They're having it to is it is the finance exactly. Yeah, the kind of various levers they pull last summer, and just the club is in a really unstable place financially, and kind of the way it's big ran by Juan Laporte since he returned just seems incredibly unsustainable and incredibly short-sighted in terms of kind of investing in kind of older players who don't have resale value um, and then obviously leveraging the clubs, the club's future to get those players. Um, I just kind of have, have that United 
two-legged tie burned into my brain with them in terms of how United were able to take them on the break on the uh, with Marcus Rashford. And I just, I don't think they've necessarily solved those issues with Romeo there and getting in Gundogan. I just think they'll be they'll be vulnerable to counterattacks, and they possibly just don't have an athletic enough team to kind of to kind of play a pressing game and really kind of dominate against the European East. I, 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 I could be wrong. They started the season well and they were dominant in the Liga last season. But to me, last year, they looked more of a flat-track bully than kind of an, an elite team. And their signings haven't really convinced me that that's, going to, that that's necessarily going to change. Um, in, ter- in terms of the kind of the, the contenders, I, I'd agree with Mark with PSG, but like Barcelona last year, I couldn't back them now just because of, because of the because of the group they're in. I think like they've definitely made the most eye-catching signings this summer in terms of Goncalo Ramos, Colomani, Ugarte is just going to be a huge player for them in midfield, give them something they really lacked there. Usman Dembele and then Lucas Hernandez, like all all five look really kind of like look kind of star additions. I think as well, this is a hard thing for I think statistics guys like ourselves to price, but I think they'll there has to be some sort of cultural improvement, I feel like, from getting rid of Neymar and Ferrati. From all from all from all you hear. They, both of them were problems off the field in terms of kind of going out too much. I just think things have gotten very stale there at PSG. In, in, in that sense, I think Neymar, I think, has probably had a bad influence on Mbappe. And I think having a kind of an Mbappe-focused team with Neymar gone, and there's no kind of there's no doubt who's the star man and who this team is playing for. I think that's I think that's a positive. I think they, and they, they signed his mates. Can you get Colin Wani in? Yeah, we'll do that. Could you get Dembele in? Yeah, we'll do that as well. I think he's yeah, yeah, exactly. And as well, but Usman Dembele, he he's like an assist focused player. He's not looking for his own shot. He'd be looking yeah. to get a Mbappe in every time. So I just think they're a way more balanced team. They have a solid coach. They have a, they have an upgraded coach from Galtier to Luis Enrique. And I think again, I wouldn't I wouldn't back them now. But if if they get through the group intact, this 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 looks like a kind of a, a team loaded with talent and a real life contender from the business end of the competition. The one I like, though, at a bigger price are Inter. They're currently around 25.0 on the exchange. It's a smallish sample size, but there's a growing evidence that Smolian's Aggie's a really good manager at this at, at, at kind of cup level. He, he, he obviously won kind of a he won Italian Cup at Lazio, and he just since he's been with Inter, they've been a really good team in the Champions League. A couple of seasons ago, they ran in uh, Liverpool really close when Liverpool yeah, reached the final. If it wasn't yeah. for kind of a stupid um, Alexis Sanchez red card, they were banging that tie. Then, then last season, obviously a favorable draw helped them, but like they 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 were impressive in reaching the final, and like they gave City a harder game that they had all they had all season in the Champions League, harder than Bayern, harder than Real Madrid. You can say maybe City were a bit nervous going to the final, but I thought Inter played them really well. I think that was a huge feather in Zaghi's cap. If it wasn't for a ridiculous miss by Lukaku and kind of and if and kind of things not going their way, that was a tie that I think Inter probably deserved to get to extra time. I think I think I think I think Inzaghi's proven he's a manager on this level. And also last season, I think you might think oh, yeah, Inter weren't that great in Serie A. But again, the underlying numbers suggested their team were as good as Napoli and it was only kind of bad finishing and kind of bad luck circumstances going against them. And, and then again, this season, they looked to really upgraded the squads. Marcus Taram, I think, is an upgrade on the Ed and Jacko kind of Lukaku duo. Benjamin Pavard will give them back three much needed pace. Davide for Fertese, who won't, won't, won't be a starter for them, is well regarded at Sassuolo and is a very good bench option. I think probably an upgrade on Brozovic, who's kind of who, who was aging and is now gone to set and has now gone to the Middle East. So I think all all signs point to this inter team being a really kind of a solid kind of knockout stage contender. They have a relatively easy group. I do like Benfica, but Benfica is the second best team in your group. is is fairly okay. So I just think, I think they're kind of a team that I can see at least getting to the the last date and at 25.0 or better, that looks more than fair to me. I'm going to do what I do every year and say Leipzig are a back-to-lay option. Uh, This year, they're 75, reached the knockouts last season, yes. They got shredded by Manchester City. That can happen. But they were able to beat Real Madrid uh, in the group stage. They have a deep squad. They've made a good start to the Bundesliga season. I think they can make a real impact. They've got Manchester City again. They must be sick of the sight of them by by now. But apart from that, I think they've got a good chance of qualifying. So I think at 75, they seem a little big to me. And they have made the semi-finals in this competition before. Uh, the data doctors in XG experts, Jake Oscarthorpe on the panel. Jake, what stands out to you 
from these options in the outrights? They had three down. Um, two of them have been mentioned. Inter, um, and it's just made a very good case for them. I've got them down as about 25. Easy group, which you always need, um, I think, in terms of you know potentially avoiding a, a really good side finishing runners-up. Um, uh, I, I think that they're definitely have kicked on from last season. Um, I know what Emmett's saying, the squad is better. You look on paper and it's a real blast from the past in terms of Premier League footballers. Um, Davy Klassen is now into Milan. Um, Everton legends. Yep. Uh, Marko Arnautovic is back there as well. Um, Stoke legend. So uh, And so is Alexis Sanchez. He's back into, he's warming the bench into after a good season at Marseille. Um, obviously, Mark, uh, Darmian is, is a starter into who didn't have a very good um, career at Manchester United. So there's, it's a real mishmash of players that you probably would look at and go, well, they, they shouldn't be as good as what they are. But they're a team at the end of the day. And, and I think that that speaks for a lot in terms of, um, you know, that they've still got good individual quality, but there's not too many egos there. Good goalkeeper um, as well. Jan Zomer, I think. Very good goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, you know, they, and they've, they've done some good transfer business. Obviously lost a couple of uh, good players. Onana going for a big fee certainly helped in terms of the rebuild. Um so yeah, I, I definitely think that they're a, a, a good option to back. Um, PSG have down as well, um, 16.5. I think any team with Kylian Mbappe in it should be shorter than 16.5, simply because I think he's probably the best footballer on the planet. Um, and yeah, I, I think that they should be a little bit shorter. I actually think the, the bet with PSG is just to back them to win the group at 2.3, as opposed to getting involved in the outright. I think that that, that price of 2.3 looks really big um, in a group where Dortmund look a little bit dysfunctional to start the season, especially at the back. Um, Newcastle, this is a you know, huge step up for them and their record against um, the big teams last season was really, really poor and, and to me is, is a major kind of issue I have with them heading into this group. Um, I also like AC Milan to qualify out of the group as well at five to four. I think that they're, they're as third favourites to qualify looks looks really big. But yeah, Newcastle, the record against teams that finished seventh and above last season in the league, won three, drew four, lost five. So really uninspiring. Um, and I think PSG, like Mark said, Luis Enrique is a coach that, I'll, you know, he's an upgrade. He's definitely going to develop the, the players that are there. Um, and he's definitely going to make them more selfless as well. You know, one of the things that's been rightly been labelled at PSG over the last couple of years, they've been a very selfish team with the likes of Neymar, Messi, like Baratti, as, as Emmett's called out there as well. Um, and obviously Mbappe, who's director of football. Um, but they, they've generally, you look back at Enrique's Barcelona and, and they had Neymar, Messi and Suarez up front, but they were one of the most selfless teams you'll ever watch. Like they played as a team, as opposed to the individuals that they then became when they moved clubs. So, um, yeah, I think if anyone can make it work, he can. So I definitely would have a pro PSG stance at uh, this moment in time. The other team I really like are Atletico at 27. Um, again, I think they've got a very kind group. I don't think they should have a problem coming out of that group top. Lazio, Feyenoord and Celtic in Group E. Um, They're the yes, best team they have, in there, aren't they, really? 100%, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, they, they have signed Kaglaso Unchu, which may put a few people off, um, given his Oi, disastrous don't be having to go season Lord at Leicester. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know he doesn't start generally, so don't worry. Um, but yeah, they, they, their season last season was effectively the epitome of Jekyll and Hyde. The, before the World Cup break, they were shocking, which is why they finished uh, bottom of their Champions League group last season. They really struggled in the Liga. Then they came back after the interna- after the World Cup break, and they racked up the second most expected points in the league. The second most expected goals for per game in the Liga, nearly two. And they picked up the most points in La Liga after the World Cup break. Um, they've carried that on into this season. They've started really strongly. Um, and yeah, I think that they are definitely a team to keep an eye on. They, they've still got Simeone at the helm. So when it gets to knockout football, they're going to have that little bit of an edge that some people perhaps don't. Um, so yeah, I think that they looked a little bit overpriced at 27. Um, but just touching on some of the stuff you were saying earlier, Bayern Munich, I think, are shorter than Real Madrid for the simple reason they've got Harry Kane and Real Madrid don't have a striker. I think if Real Madrid went and got a striker in January, that price would you know flip-flop for sure. But they are um, playing in a different way now, aren't they? Because actually, they don't need that striker per se. Hosselu will play in games. But if they're going to do this thing where they're going to have Bellingham in behind Vinicius and Rodrigo, there isn't actually a place necessarily for a striker because that's the way they've chosen to go because if you get the best out of Bellingham doing that then that you know if they're all fit and that is a big question but if Vinicius gets fit and stays fit Rodrigo and Bellingham 
that's quite scary as it is, isn't it? Yeah, you no, know, it is. Like I, I'm not, I'm not doubting that. It's just the fact that we've seen so far with this season with Real Madrid, they are a fairly low margin team. You know, they, they've they've won the last three games by a single goal against Celta Vigo and Hitafe was a last minute winner. Um, obviously, Sociedad was a as a decent turnaround against a good side, but again, it wasn't like they've they're not Blown as comfortable as what we've seen yeah. in recent years. You know, whereas that that top level striker would probably put them over the edge and make it a little bit more comfortable, and and that does worry me. Um, and and get to the latter stages, they don't. They, you know, they've obviously they've got really good players at the top end of the pitch, but to have the you know that that kind of focal point who you can rely upon. You know, you look at Man City, you've got obviously got Haaland. By Munich, we've got Harry Kane. There's a reason why they're such, so, you know, so strongly favoured. Um, Barcelona, I know Emmett's looking to avoid them, but they've got Lewandowski and, and they've got some really good attacking options as well. You know, João Felix came in at the weekend and uh, and João Cancelo is there now, and they could potentially be one to keep an eye on. I'm interested to see how it works, but yeah, that, that's my only nagging doubt with Real Madrid is the fact that they don't have a striker, and you know, obviously Vinicius is injured. What's the depth like up there? If if you know if Vinicius Rodrigo picks up an injury, um, how far do we go in terms of how many midfielders can you field? Um, <laughs> you know you could play Camavinga, Chimeni, Bellingham, Modric, Cruz, I guess, and then one up front. But how attack minded is that going to be if you, if you like on numbers? So that that would be my issue with Real Madrid. Um, but yeah, I, I've got three down: PSG, Atletico, Inter. Um, I was maybe looking at Barcelona just because of their kind group as well. But um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I'm not seeing too much that I like at bigger odds to back to lay. Um, Leipzig, I think, definitely makes sense because they're going to qualify behind Manchester City. Um, I, you know, they've been drawing a fairly kind group just in case of can they avoid a big team? At least I'll know they'll avoid Man City in the last 16 years. Yes, the same that helps. Now, which is <laughs> always a plus. Um, Sevilla, generally a, a decent European team, but they like the Europa League, so they're going to finish third. Um, There's something not right about them as well. At the moment, no, I'm, no, I'm not I, sure about them at all. I, they, they'd be one that I'd oppose in the group, betting, actually. Um, I'd look at they're the second favourites in Group B behind Arsenal. I definitely think PSV are undervalued in there at six to four. Um, they're actually the outsiders with some firms, and Lons have started the season really poorly. They've had a huge turnover in players, which is fairly understandable. They lost the best um, two players, didn't they, in Fafana and Appenda? So that's, exactly, that's a lot to recover from. It's a lot to recover from, and then yes, yeah, Sevilla. They, they got the first win at the weekend, but. Um, I saw um, last they played Las Palmas at home, and Las Palmas, fifteen of Las Palmas's players missed the flight. <laughs> yeah, to get to Sevilla, they um, went, went for to a get coffee. coffee and got lost, missed the plane. Um, so obviously that affected their. I'm presuming they still got there and, and played, but yeah, but later than expected. Exactly. Um, so that you know they only won that game one nil this Sevilla. So I have huge question marks about them. Whereas PSV looks to be really kicking on um, under Peter Bosch in terms of. Um, the way they've started the season. I know you're, you're not a huge fan of Peter Bosch. We're in the good bit. We're in the good bit with Peter Bosch where uh, where they win games and everybody goes, oh, this is fun. We're scoring lots of goals and we're winning lots of games. And then at some stage, it'll start to go wrong and he'll dig his heels in and he'll play the same way as he always does. And then like a runaway train, the whole thing will collapse. But for now, it's going okay. Yeah, hopefully that lasts until January. Um, and, you know, they, we, they can qualify from the group on the back of this hot start. So, um, yeah, definitely think that Sevilla want to oppose. And, yeah, as I said, I, jokingly, obviously, that they will probably aim to finish third and defend that Europa League title. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. It's like <laughs> cosmic forces that drag them towards the Europa League final every time. Uh, Erling Haaland, the obvious pick for top scorer, according to the market at least, a barely believable 2.14 uh, to be top scorer. But I guess you can understand why, seeing as he averages better than a goal a game in the Champions League. Uh, Harry Kane, 4.4. Robert Lewandowski, who we mentioned, 9.2. Marco Hare. Is it just go for Haaland? Although, why would you tie your money up for that dis- that length of time, I guess? Is there anybody apart from him we should be looking at? Well, I've spoken positively about Bayern Munich. So, uh, on the sportsbook, you can get Harry Kane at 4-1. to one. Um, I'd back him each way. It's a, it's a quarter of the odds for the first four places. So, you're effectively getting evens on him to finish in the top four, which is quite nice. Bayern scored 18 goals in the group stage last season. That's despite being in there with Barcelona and Inter. They scored twice or more in all six of their group stage games. Uh, they scored nine goals and four fixtures just against Barca and Inter. So, you know, they're up did against... Did they win them all as well? They won all... Did yeah. they win all six? They did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've got uh, Copenhagen and, and Galatasaray. Uh, Copenhagen, clearly the weak points. Galatasaray will be lively, but probably quite loose as well. So there's opportunity to, to get a few goals there in Manchester United. Um, 
the toughest opponent, which uh, we'll get to, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt Bayern could have been better than they were last season if they had someone like Harry Kane up front. The, the Mane transfer didn't work out at all. So, you know, going forward, I do think they've got as good attacking options as any in the competition. So you saw how Lewandowski flourished at the, at the top of the tree for, for Bayern Munich yeah. and Kane should be able to repeat something similar. And, and look, Haaland is so short because this year we've got no Messi, no Ronaldo, no Neymar. And even though Salah as well. So in terms of sort of big names up there, uh, you're sort of dwindling down the list. No Benzema, of course, either. So um, outside of uh, Haaland, I think Kane's the best option. But uh, yeah, four to one uh, each way. Now, the exchange in the sportsbook give you options when it comes to picking out potential group winners or teams that you think will qualify. Emmett, what have you picked out for us? Yeah, so just kind of, kind of in this bit like last season, I think where I was kind of looking at maybe... In terms of the group betting, just teams to take on, teams who are kind of the bigger sides, who I think are disimproved from last season, and kind of and kind of go from there with some success with that, with kind of taking on um, taking on Liverpool last season with um, with with Napoli in the group stages. So hopefully, have some similar success this year. And ironically enough, I, th- I I'm going to take on Napoli. I, I think they I think they are to me one of the biggest potential for disimprovement from last season one of the primary reasons for that is the hiring of manager Rudy Garcia which I just can't understand I, I feel like if this if like a Premier League I will say a team in Napoli a team like Man United or Arsenal made an appointment like that there'd be fans protesting I'm surprised yeah. the Napoli Ultras haven't protested to be honest like oh, it'll I, come <laughs> it'll, I'm sure it'll come yeah because he just looks he looks at kind of a total managerial journey. I mean, he had some good success early in his career in the kind of at Lidl in the kind of late 2000s, early 2010s. But in latter years, he's just been a kind of a mediocre manager in France. And there's no reason he should be, be given the keys to this Ferrari with Osman and Kvaracelia. And, and obviously as well, they lost they lost Kim Min-Jae in the summer as well. So I think they're it's likely that they're, they're, they're kind of defence won't be as solid and, and and just already this season, we've seen some kind of worry, wor- worrying performances, kind of a really mediocre performance at at Genoa at the weekend. And all in all, all told, I just think Napoli's kind of price to qualify and to win this group is kind of based on is, is kind of based on last season more than what I think what they'll be this season. And the team I'm looking to take them on with is. Union Berlin or Onion Berlin or Apollo Ultra Union. Union, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like uh, James Richardson butchering the German <laughs> pronunciations. Um, but yeah, I think just that they've been a consistently excellent, excellent kind of overperforming their XG under Majors Fisher. And I think I think that they they've made kind of some eye catching signings this summer with um, Leo Benucci and Robin Goosens kind of notably joining. It is a slight negative for them that they're going to be playing in their uh, Olympic Stadium rather than the usual home ground. Yeah, but I, th- I think they've already announced the kind of tickets have been sold out. So I think they will be a cracking atmosphere. And as I've kind of mentioned on this uh, mentioned on this podcast and on kind of our recent how to videos on on Betfair, like home advantage is mainly around crowd noise. And I don't think. Union Berlin will, will be suffering for crowd noise at, at the at the Olympic Stadium. So I just given that I just think there's like you're getting you're getting currently Union are three to one to qualify. I just don't think there is that it's gap between. Yeah, I don't think there's big. that. I don't think there's that gap between them and Napoli. I, I have them more as kind of a seven to four, fifteen to eight shot. I think they can. I, I think I think, they, I think they can run kind of an a Napoli a kind of Napoli side very close here to qualify. Yeah, it's not going to be the same atmosphere as it is in Kerpenick, but I did Wolfsburg's uh, game against Union at the weekend. Union took about 4,000 people and dominated the entire place. I mean, Wolfsburg, to be fair, are not the most aggressive crowd, let's be honest. However, 4,000 just had a party and their team lost and they still had a party anyway. So that's what they'll do. And I think that crowd noise will absolutely be there and it will be just an extraordinary atmosphere uh, for all of those home games, even if it is a bit disappointing. They're not going to be at the first that I. Jake, what's stood out for you here? Yes, I've already mentioned PSG to win Group F at 2.3. Milan to qualify from Group F as well at 5-4. to uh, PSV at 6-4. to four. I like Inter just to win their group at 5-6. to six. You know, we're quite hot on them in the overall competition. Benfica just remind us who's in Inter's group if you've got it there. 
Yeah, so they're up against uh, Benfica, Sociedad and Salzburg. So, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those groups that on paper looks like a really rubbish group, but they're actually the teams are probably quite close in terms of quality. A group um, of life, you could call it, maybe. As you could call it that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think, I think into the class of this group, I think they'll have no problems um, getting through as, as group winners in the five to six to do so. Um, I, I've also put together a, a fourfold of teams that I think um, are probably two shorts back as singles, maybe for some people um, that, you, that are very strongly fancy to, to win the groups. First, obviously Bayern. Um, you know, they're basically up against Man United in a head-to-head bet, um, and. United look basically rubbish, don't they, this season? Um, Is that the official technical we, term? Yeah, we touched on it on uh, on Saturday's show. I think I used the word rubbish then as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, nice they, to get some you know, consistency. Exactly. Yeah, uh, it just kind of rolls off the tongue. Manchester United rubbish. Um, they they are just all over the place at the minute. They've obviously got major injuries at, at the back, which is causing a few problems. Ten Hag doesn't know what his best eleven is. Doesn't know what his best formation is. Um, so many off field issues. Um, and yeah, it's basically between Bayern and Man United. And I think that the, the way in which United are playing, particularly defensively, because it's not just that Brighton game, they conceded loads of chances, but uh, across the entire season so far, they've looked extremely vulnerable at the back. Bayern should have a field day when they play them, both home and away, if things continue the way in which they are. So Bayern are the first team in that um, in that fourfold. Uh, Arsenal, I think they've been drawn into a very kind group. And again, they are the class of that group. PSV, Sevilla and Lons. Touched on Sevilla and Lons already. I, I like PSV to qualify alongside Arsenal, but I think Arsenal have, have shown quite a bit of maturation um, just already. Just 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 for the fact they went to Merseyside and actually managed to win um, is a huge like fair and control the game as well. Yeah, it's been five years since they'd won on either side of Merseyside, um, which I think is remarkable. So to go to Everton and, and winning what is a very kind of champion like manner, very controlled, narrow one nil hard fought win at a tough place to go. I think it shows that they're potentially turn in the right direction to be a real contender. Um, Atletico, I've already touched on. I think that they'll be a little bit too good for, for their group as well. Um, and then the final one is Barca. Again, like they've been drawn in a very kind-looking group in Group H. Porto, Royal Antwerp and Shakhtar Donetsk. They shouldn't really have any issues winning that group. Um, you know, Ilkay Gundogan's come in. João Felix and João Cancelo, I've already said, have, have come in as well. Um, a team it's, it's a on credit. Squad. It's like when you get your student loan and the first thing you do is go out and buy some trainers and you buy a PlayStation and then you don't really think about what's going to happen down the track. That's what Barcelona are up to. Yeah, honestly, where are they getting all these levers from? Like, surely they're going to run out of levers at some point. You know, there's no Camp new that's getting demolished and rebuilt. Like, they must have moved all the levers to the Well, it's a know, gamble the on the future, isn't it? It's, it's basically what it is. It's a massive gamble on the future. And this is the kind of campaign they need to have to make it work. They've somehow, I mean, how they convinced Atletico to loan them Joao Felix is beyond me because Atletico strengthened a direct rival. How awful must Joao Felix have been around the training ground for them to be that desperate to get rid of him? So they've done that deal. Joao can sell it. Part of it is they're still Barcelona. And so they can still draw players in. Players still really want to go there. And they could do these loan deals, these low-cost deals, and somehow make it work. But I just feel down the track, they're in for a bit of a rude awakening the way it's going. Yeah, they're in that weird sort of um, middle ground where they need to kind of look to the future and be smart about how they're running, you know, spending the money. But in the short term, they are Barcelona. They need to be challenging as well. Um, and you almost can't do both. And it seems like they have really gambled on like winning back-to-back Champions Leagues or whatever for that extra, you know, money that you do get for do, for winning that to, to, to be, be able to justify this kind of spending. That's the thing. They exactly. Need yeah. To be seen they they as can't have a couple of years of mediocrity, no. basically. Because you've got to get the sponsorship um, in. You've got to get all of that stuff, and that's what they're gambling on. That if they're getting to the back end of Champions Leagues, winning La Liga, doing all that stuff, signing star players, then the big companies are going to come along and go, okay, here's this, here's this, here's this. And then they can slowly get their way out of it. And that, you know, they're in a great position to have a good season because the squad is ridiculously deep. Um, you know, Jao Felix, as I said, Lewandowski, Ferran Torres, Rafinha, Laminia Mal. Mal um, 12 yeah, years old, that, you know, remarkable. 
you've got Pedri, Gavi, De Jong. Um, you know, at the back you've got Kunde, Christensen. Uh, Marcus Alonso is still there. What a boy. Um, Inigo Martinez, he's signed on a free transfer as Araujo. well. Um, obviously, yeah. yeah, obviously, Rahul Gundogan, um, as we've mentioned already. And then between the sticks is to Stegen. So generally, they're, they're well set up to have a good run at things. And I don't think they'll have any issues getting out of the group. So that fourfold's four to one um, for a group winner's fourfold. And yeah, that, that for me is, is plenty big enough to have a, a couple of quid on. Sportsbook's got some nice specials in there, by the way. I've picked out Bayern to score in all six of their group stage games at 11 to 10. Bayern have got an outstanding record in the group stage in recent seasons. Can't see United keeping them out over a couple of games. Don't in Galatasaray will. Don't in Copenhagen will. I know Marco Hare's smiling because I think I've just stolen his bet. So I'll come to him in just a little while. <laughs> uh, Emmett, you had one more thing you wanted to say before we... Come to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just to kind of continue on the theme of caning Man United. Um, I think they're probably a bet. They're they're kind of a team I'd love to take on the group stage as well. So, in, obviously, as we've mentioned, Bayern Munich are in their group along with Galatasaray and and Copenhagen. I think probably Galatasaray are worth the flyer here to qualify at five. Yes. To Yes, uh, absolutely. Just read out some of their players, Emmett. Oh, exactly. It's really it's it's a combination of kind of classic kind of Adam Fury football cliches, Turkish football, and actually <laughs> class signings. Like so, they've like the Tangi and Dombele would be for for kind of fall under the latter category. Right. Uh, but I, like, I I think like some of the signings they have made, like in terms of Zaha. Hakim Ziyech, uh, Angelino had nine assists for Hoffenheim last season, and um, and the former Leicester player Ted are all actually pretty good players. Um, and I, I, I do think I think with them um, with with Mauro Cardi there, they should have they should have a fairly potent attack. Like it, there is a lot of turnover, and they have signed they have signed a lot of players. So you don't know how it'll gel. But their manager Okan Burek is relatively well regarded in Turkey. He won he won the Turkish Super League. Um, kind of previously before coming to Galatasaray and they won the league by eight, eight points last season I think again I just with the talent there and just how chaotic things are United on and off the field they, they, they just look they look like a team team worth taking on and I think five to five two looks a fair price what I thought can I just can I just read a few more out yes, yes like, please do Davinson Sanchez is there as well right so the He's going to be at centre half at some stage. Um, Lucas Torreira, the former Arsenal central midfielder, yes, Pitbull he's rocked up there. Karim Demrabai has been signed from Leverkusen, who's you know I've always liked him as a tidy footballer. Um, yeah, Dries Mertens. Um, obviously, we've, you've mentioned Ndombele. Uh, Muslera, who's you know oh, he's been there for that's been around years, for a long yeah. while. Yeah. Sergio Oliveira, who was at uh, Roma on loan last year, and Cedric Bakambu is the backup striker um, behind Mario Icardi. So, yeah, they are, um, as Emmett kind of, well, very politely put, they are a classic Turkish side of just a mishmash bunch they of are Premier League and European rejects. They are stacked. Yep. <laughs> what I thought of the other day, actually, was imagine the way Wolves played at Old Trafford if they'd had that kind of firepower. So you look at all of those gaps that opened up for Wolves and I thought, well, if you had Icardi, if you had Zaha, if you had all of those guys, Atakolu as well is a, is a quality player. Yeah, he's a really well. good player. Yeah. So, you know, you put him in there as well so they can do some damage. Uh, let's go to the cold fury of Mark O'Hare after I stole his bet. Uh, Mark, what have you got left? Not much, Kev, so I'll just read out my bets. <laughs> um, um... Very Bayern focused, very PSG focused, but I've got a Bayern Munich and Atletico Madrid to win the group double. Comes in at 2.56, very much like that. To me, it's probably the best bet of the group stage. Uh, I like PSG to win the group as well at 2.3. That's already been mentioned. But in the specials, you met out the, read out the Bayern to score one goal in every group game, which is terrific value at 11 to 10 for a team who've won all six of their group games in three of the last four seasons. Yeah. Uh, as I said earlier, I couldn't believe it twice. I saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they scored twice in all of their six games last year. A repeat of that is 14 to one. That's a, a very big price. So that's huge. Yeah. I'm on both of those. I'm on Bayern Munich to remain unbeaten in the group stages as well at 15 to eight. So, you know, hose up on all the Bayern Munich group pay specials on Betfair before Emmett gets there. Um, Emmett's just sent in a text going, cut all of those prices. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
PSG to score in all their group games, 5-2. to two. I thought that was quite interesting, actually. Uh, I can see that occurring. Uh, I think they will be quite lively. So, uh, But yeah, very much Brian Munich focused in the group stage. Brian Munich, did you just say? Who's Brian <laughs> Munich? I'm very much yeah. looking forward to Brian Munich. Can I have? Um, can I just jump on Brian Munich for a yes, quick second? Yes, um, please do. Please do. Because that, that to remain unbeaten in the group stage at 15-8 to eight looks... Huge, because as Mark said, they, they've actually won all six games in three of the last four years, but they're unbeaten in the group stage in those four seasons. They've won 23 of, uh, of 24, drawing the other one, which is just ridiculous. I think the draw came when they made a handful of changes um, once they were already qualified. So, yeah, that, that price looks huge, especially with the main rivals being Man United. So, yeah, as Mark said, just hoover up all that by Mun- Brian Munich. Yes, fair value. Yes, go for Brian before Emmett. Cuts them all. He's doing it. He's thinking. He's sending those texts out. I'm doing it now. <laughs> uh, there's no doubt that injury time goals are lots of fun in football, but there can be a pain in the pocket if they wreck your bets. So we've introduced a new feature here at Betfair called 90-Minute Payout. What does that mean? Well, when you bet on the results of a match, you can still win, even if there's injury time drama. If the clock hits 90 minutes and you've got the right result as it stands, your bet wins when the match ticks into injury time. Great example at the weekend. If you back Bayern to win, you'd have still been okay because Leverkusen got that 94th minute equaliser. But if you'd have backed Bayern Munich or Brian Munich to win the game, we're not letting this go, Mark, uh, then you would have got your payout. Handy FAQ section on our website, betting.betfair.com. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus begambleaware.com. Org. Let's start looking at some individual games then, starting with Tuesday. Newcastle start their campaign away, a Milan side that was shredded 5-1 by Inter in the Derby della Madonnina at the weekend. Mark, the market can't really split them, but where's the value for you here? Because Milan generally have looked okay, but they looked dreadful at the weekend. Yeah, they did. Um, Pioli's been heavily criticised for that tactically uh, and also his in-game management of the occasion too. Uh, kind of understandable, really, but he was kind of forced into a few decisions there. Tamori was suspended, Kaluli yeah. injured, so he had Pierre and Tiao playing at central defence and Calabria had a bit of a nightmare. Teo Hernandez made a stupid foul, not for the first time, so uh, for the penalty award as well. So- oh yeah, that was, that, was, that was classic Teo, wasn't it? Just oh, hanging out brainless. legs for no reason. Um, so I'm not going to just sort of dismiss them because of that result they've had uh, you know Inter have had the Indian sign over them now for quite some time that's the fifth successive win over Milan in uh, in 2023 so um, you know expect Tomori to come back into the team expect a couple of other changes potentially too Um, I think they can be competitive in this match and I I think it's quite interesting if you're going to be sort of pro-Milan focused just hold off I think for a little bit because we're talking Tuesday morning Tuesday afternoon and the price they opened around 235, 240. They're now it's about 2.7. I wouldn't be too surprised if that keeps drifting because of the Premier League kind of bias. Yeah. Um, Newcastle are a highly rated team anyhow in the Premier League. So um, I wouldn't be too shocked if Newcastle got favourites here. And, and if so, there might be an opportunity to get Milan on side with a plus 0.25 start on the Asian handicap. I think they're better than perhaps the, the market is suggesting at this stage. Um, you know, go back to last season. They had a huge pile of injuries in the group stage, which kind of knocked their ability to, to compete at that stage. But once they got their big hitters back for the knockout stage, they looked a much more solid yeah. uh, counter-attacking unit. And, you know, they'll have heavy respect for Newcastle, um, but I think they'll be pragmatic in the mindset too. And Jake's already alluded to earlier, Newcastle's record when playing against the bigger teams domestically um, hasn't been fantastic. They have often taken a, a kind of more negative approach, shall we say, um, especially away from home against the bigger teams. And I, I think they'll be well aware of the occasion too. Um, so I wouldn't be too surprised again if this match kind of features quite a tight match. And I'm surprised that under two and a half goals is around 2.2, uh, which might be worth a look. But the, the bet I'm going to have, because I do want to be pro Milan, but I'm not willing to take the price right now. I'll willingly watch the kind of market move and see where it takes you. The bet I want to take at the minute is in the bet builder, which is to basically back um, a one foul double involving Teo Hernandez and Anthony Gordon, because I think that side of the field could be fantastic fun. You've got the likes of Teo and Rafael Leal up against Kieran Trippier and probably, hopefully, Anthony Gordon. The one-plus foul double for the two players pays 1.8. Terrific option, I think. Uh, As we've already said, Teo loves the physical aspect, can't help himself getting stuck in at the worst times. Just a, a brainless footballer sometimes. 
which is a shame because he's so talented in so many other areas. Um, he'll bring an attacking mentality, so will Rafael Leal. Um, Anthony Gordon, as we've seen already this season, four yellow cards already, uh, one one card away from a suspension. Uh, we're not in even into sort of October time, but uh, yeah, he's kind of cut from a similar cloth in terms of being that kind of scrappy character who should relish yeah. the occasion, will put himself about a bit and, and try and disrupt things. To Kieran Trippi is also another good option there. He likes to get stuck in, but uh, looking forward to that side of the field. I think it could be quite lively and quite entertaining. But uh, yeah, that's my only play at the minute for this match, and I'll wait to see where the market moves. Yeah, Teo's terrific going forward. We absolutely know that, but he's in that kind of. I always think of that Mario Balotelli story when Mourinho spends the entirety of the halftime break telling Balotelli not to get a second yellow card and get sent off. And what does he do? Almost immediately in the second half, get sent off. That feels like the kind of thing that Teo might do. Uh, elsewhere in that group of death, Paris Saint-Germain, who we've talked about a fair bit, take on Borussia Dortmund. Jake, you alluded to it earlier. Dortmund scoring lots of goals. There's a real fragility about them defensively. I think the body language is a bit strange at times. I don't think they're fully on board with Edin Terzic, the coach, at the moment. So you've got this weird situation where, yes, they won at the weekend, they're scoring goals, but not sure about them. Not entirely sure about Paris at this stage. It might change, as you guys have alluded to, but Paris lost at home at the weekend to Nice. So two teams struggling a bit. Is goals the way to go, do we think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Over three is the play for me at 1.9. Um, so obviously if it's three goals exactly, it's a push. If it's four or more, we get a winner. Um, yeah, I could see PSG covering this line by themselves, to be honest, um, given the firepower they've got and the defensive issues of Dortmund. Um, but yeah, I, I think Dortmund, every chance they could contribute a couple of goals to this as well, given uh, the fragilities in what is a very, um, you know, it's a PSG product, product, project project try that again um, in its infancy yeah you know they, they, Enrique's sixth game in charge seventh game in charge so you know there's still going to be a lot of teething issues um, we mentioned that on paper the squad that their 11 looks looks better looks like a better team but they're still you know they're still trying to find each, uh, understand each other and, and you know get those kind of links between what what the coach is saying and, and how to do certain things so um, you know I think I, I look at this as two relatively vulnerable defensive teams but two teams that are generally quite front-footed in the way in which they approach things and the two teams that are definitely much stronger going forward um, that's the strength in terms of um, just game to game you know it's more reliable around or there's more there's more um, I, I feel more confident looking at these two teams um, with their attacks than I do the defence which ultimately leads to goals so I expected to see the line um over three, probably a little bit shorter, maybe about 1.8, and it could well get to that by the time the game kicks off. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to play that, especially in what is, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the group of death. So you don't, you know, you can't, draws probably won't be enough to qualify because the, the teams are generally quite evenly matched. So you'd imagine they take points off each other. So I don't think that any team will go into a match thinking, oh, a draw would be a good result here. I think that they'll probably all look to go in uh, and win the matches. So, um, yeah, and I hope it's going to be a really entertaining get group because every single team's got exceptional firepower to potentially make it really high scoring. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really fascinating. But I do think this is definitely one for goals. Yeah, Emmett, I look at that Dortmund team. You look at the individual players defensively, they're okay. You know, Gregor Kobel's one of the best goalkeepers in the Bundesliga. Um, Nico Schlotterbeck is a bit ragged sometimes, but Dortmund fans love him already. There's a, there's a lot to like. He'll get better as he gets older. I've always been a fan of Zula. They've got Hummels if they, if they need him. But there's just something not quite right about them defensively as a unit. There are big gaps. And when things start to go against them, the heads do drop a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I think I, I, I totally agree. Just like... Just looking at their performances this season, they've been they've been really awful. Like I think it's like like Drew to Bockham, Drew to Heidenheim, scrape past scrape past Cologne, and then even at the weekend they, they only they only won four two after Freiburg and a man sent off. It, it was two all yeah. up until then. So they've been like and their XG figures like don't suggest that they've been unlucky in any way. That they've been just playing bad, and like given and given that despite PSG have been a up and down, but I just but think, but I think PSG have been decent, and I just think P PSG like 
if 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 you're struggling defensively against the likes of Heidenheim, what are Mbappe, Colomani, Ramos, Dembele going to do? Like it, it's it's kind of I I I kind of I struggle to see Dortmund's defense coping at all. And I just given that I can't see how PSG are as big as 183 here. I I was I, I thought they'd be closer to maybe 166. I think PSG are a level above Dortmund in terms of quali- quality of quality of squad, quality of player. Maybe quality of manager, but I can. I think we'll we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll leave that aside. Definitely quality of manager. Yeah, I, I, look, I like Terzic very much. I, I love the fact that he's a Dortmund boy. I love the fact that he was a fan on the terraces. It's a great story. Love all that stuff. But ultimately, if you're putting him up against Luis Enrique, for me, there's a big gap. Yeah, exactly. And as well, just on Dortmund as well, it's, it's captain obvious here, but they lost one of the best players in Europe and, and Jude Bellingham. It's, it's gonna, he, it was always going to be hard to replace, and he, even with kind of Dortmund's kind of re- really good scouting. So I just think Dortmund, maybe this price looks maybe based on Dortmund last season rather than this season. I could see PSG shortening up before kickoff. If you look at something at a bigger price as well for PSG, uh, the exchange of a mark called uh, on the correct incorrect in score called any other home win. So it's basically Dortmund to kind of score, sorry, PSG to score four goals or more. I'd have a small bet on that at seven point six as well. I think it's it's I think it's 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 a if if PSG win, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they hammer Dortmund here, and I'd, 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 I'd happily get that on side as well. Yeah, Mark. Uh, much as I like Marius Wolf as well, the right back for Dortmund. And they have real problems, I think, in that area. The idea of Mbappe running at that right-hand side is kind of terrifying, isn't it? It is, uh, and that's why Kylian Mbappe to score at any time is one of my preferred plays in this match. It's 1.91 on the exchange. Um, he scored seven goals and four appearances at PSG this season, which is outrageous, really. Um, he's managed three doubles already this season. In Ligue 1, um, I think he will give that Dortmund defence plenty of nightmares and yeah, I opposed Dortmund. We talked about it on the show. I did oppose Dortmund at Freiburg at the weekend and felt a little bit shortchanged by the by the outcome. They generated just 0.4 expected goals in the first half of that match and clearly the red card turned things in their favour in that second half. But um, you know, credit to them, they got the job done. But as Emma alluded to earlier in the campaign, they've looked incredibly average at best against mediocre opposition. So this is a massive step up and you know, Bellingham's loss, uh, not just in terms of his playing ability, but also his leadership skills, um, he was kind of the heartbeat on and off the field of that team for the most part of last year. You know, he wasn't on the field for that final day of the season collapse. And uh, I think that's obviously one of the, the main reasons for that uh, defeat in the way in which they lost the title. But, um, you know, chuck in the kind of trauma of losing the title in the manner they did. That's, that's not easy to get over to, even, over, even if you've got a, a summer off. So uh, I still think Dortmund are kind of, sort of finding themselves after that. And, PSG, whilst they're going to be nowhere near the same side they will be in, in sort of the, the new year, I still think they're more than good enough to get a result here. So uh, PSG to win and over one and a half goals gives you an even money shot. It just rules out the, the 1-0 home win. Uh, Mbappe, anytime, 1.91 on the exchange. And also have a look at Hakimi to have two or more shots at 7-5 to five on the sportsbook. That's landed in all of his games this year and a whole bunch of fixtures last year too. So uh, we know what he's like, a rampaging right back who should enjoy himself against a, a ragged Dortmund team. And against his former club as well, Ashraf Hakimi. I don't think they've ever really replaced him since he moved on. Jake, you wanted to mention Lazio against Atletico Madrid. We've already said that we quite fancy Atletico to do well in this group. Lazio under Sarri, sometimes brilliant, sometimes not so much. Yeah, I mean, last season they obviously finished really well in Serie A uh, to qualify for the Champions League, but they were... Very fortunate to do so. Um, underlying data suggested they were one of the seventh best team in Serie A last season, um, which you know is a huge overperformance that's just not sustainable over a longer period of time. And uh, I fully expect them to fall off. They've had a tough start to the season. Um, they've won, won one, lost three of their opening four, and you know they, they've played Napoli, they've played Juventus, but they've also played. Um, Lecce and Genoa, um, two defeats off the bat as well, which is yeah, big. It's hugely concerning for me, and and I think what we saw from Lazio last season was quite a lot of luck in what were very close games. So they edged quite a lot of matches two one, three two, one nil, um, and generally that's just how they they've started the campaign as well. The xG totals for their games have been very even, um, and they've been on the wrong side of two and the right side of one, and then the Juventus game was an absolute blowout. So. Um, and they yeah, don't have I, I, I don't... Savage, which is a massive drop-off. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they, they've tried to fill the hole 
a little bit. Um, you know, Kamada's come in, but it's a very different kind of profile player um, to what Milinkovic Savic was. Savic all rounder, really, in terms of um, you know, it's impossible to replace a player like that really um, without spending a lot of money. So yeah, I'm looking at opposing Lazio really and. Um, Atletico, they've not started the best away from home this season, but I've you know, every confidence that Simeone will be able to set them up in a manner to avoid defeat. So Atletico plus naught on the Asian handicap. So draw no bet. You're getting 2.12. Um, so odds against about, for me, a better team um, playing against a Lazio side that's very vulnerable at the moment. Um, and I definitely have trust in Simeone going there and at the very least avoiding defeat. So happy to get on board with Atleti. Manchester City kick off their title defence at home to Red Star Belgrade or Savena Svezda, if you want to use their uh, proper name. Mark, is this going to be a usual City group stage blowout? You'd assume so, wouldn't you, um, considering the prices? Um, yeah, we talked about them being so efficient against Fulham, scoring five times from seven shots, and then they scored three at West Ham and probably could have doubled or even trebled that tally at the London Stadium. They were... Very good in terms of chance creation. There's a chance that Stones, Grealish and Kovacic come back into the fold here too. Their Etihad record in the Champions League is, is super strong as well. Um, but yeah, Red Star, they're, they're outsiders in this pool for, for a good reason. Their away record in this competition is, I was going to say sketchy at best. It's not, it's just awful. Dreadful. And, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, if you look at the last five years, they've been beaten 4-0 at Liverpool, 5-0 at Spurs in this competition. So the Asian handicap here is set at minus three. Fair enough, really. You need City to win by four goals four goals or more to get paid. But um, there's two ways in which we can play this. I'm probably going to have a, a nibble on both because the prices are nice. I like Man City minus one and both teams to score no. So you're basically backing City to win 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, 0 or whatever. That comes in at 185. I think that's a nice play. And Emmett men mentioned the market there on the PSG game too. Man City to win by any other correct score, which is basically Man City to score four goals and win. It's actually 1.98 on the exchange, Ooh. which is... Uh, a handy price considering how they tend to hack up in these kind of fixtures in the group stage. Um, their record, I think it's uh, 11 wins from 14 home. No, it's better than that, but they scored at least twice in 10 of the last 14 home group stage games and three goals or more in 11 of those two. And obviously Red Star would be towards the bottom of the list in terms of potential opponents. So yeah, expect it to be pretty routine. On to Wednesday's stellar clash between Bayern and Manchester United. The German champions part of a superb 2-2 draw against Bayer Leverkusen on Friday night with Harry Kane on the score sheet again. Funny old game that was because Bayern started really, really well. First 15 to 20 minutes, I thought it was old school swaggering Bayern. Then once Leverkusen equalised, they had a real wobble for the next 15, 20 minutes and then Bayern towards the end of that first half should have put Leverkusen away, made lots of chances. Lukas Radetzky made some excellent saves. And then when they got the goal, Bayern, to put them 2-1 up, it was really against the run of play. But then uh, Leverkusen managed to get what I felt was a deserved equaliser right at the end. As for United, a lot more clear cut. They were shredded in the second half of their 3-1 home defeat to Brighton. Emmett, how worried should you and your fellow United fans be? Extremely worried. Yeah, like I, I, kind of, <laughs> I thought you might, might say, say that. that. Yeah, there's a there's a NFL podcaster I listen to called Robert Mays, and he often says that the biggest fool that he makes himself on his podcasts are when he talks about the team he supports, the Chicago Bears. And I feel like I'm I, I, I'm in a similar position. The biggest fool I make of myself in this podcast when I talk about United because of of, of the emotion that's involved. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to be this passionate here. I think just the Obviously, I think bare facts for, for this Bayern game, United are likely missing Amrabash, Anthony, Mount, Sancho, Shaw and Varane for kind of various reasons. Um, I think more importantly, I think pretty, pretty just as importantly, I would say, pretty some, some of their best players from last season have seen a massive fall off in form, most notably Casemiro and Lissandra Martinez. And Casemiro's case, given his age, there is a live possibility of a kind of Fabinho-esque decline and Man United kind of trying desperately to flog him to Saudi, Saudi Arabia in the summer. Um, I think the and then obviously as well, you have the United terrific um, away record under Ten Hag against kind of really good opposition, even though they were better against, against, against Arsenal recently. There's a big sample size of a kind of poor performance. So given all that, it's it's hard to have any, any confidence going to the Bayern game. 
added to that, you just there's the like while I obviously I I'd still have faith in Ten Hag and I, st- I wouldn't be not losing patience at all. It does concern you in terms of the style of play that some of the managers in the Premier League have, are implementing, most notably Ange Postecoglou and Roberto de Serbi, in terms of the structure and attack and kind of how cohesive it looks, how kind of, how these kind of, like if you look at that at Bright, I said that with my mates the weekend, if you look at the Brighton first level at the weekend, if you gave that to Sean Dyche or somebody else, they'd be, they'd be around the relegation zone. But I think it's, it's the, it's the style and it's the, the, the system that, that the, the manager in the Serbi plays means that that team are more than some of their parts. I think it's hard to argue, you know, that the style of football is making them look more than some of their parts at the moment. It doesn't, it doesn't look cohesive. The playing out from the back, it, it, it doesn't, they don't look like a real team at all. It is early in the season. And, and I think like once they get players back, I think things will improve, but it, it's certainly concerning. And just given the problems they have, just Bayern aren't, aren't the right opposition you want to play here. The lads have kind of spoken about how, how good their, their track record is in the group stages. The Bayern were troubled by Leverkusen, Leverkusen um, on, on Friday last week, but I think Leverkusen are probably better side than United at the moment. And I just, I, I just, and I think it's just, it's whatever weaknesses Bayern may have, United might score once, but ultimately this season, my United have conceded the same number of goals in the Premier League as Luton and Fulham. And like that's just not going to cut it coming up against this opposition. I think the most likely outcome here is a humiliating Man United defeat. So again, I mentioned that any other correct score market. So like Bayern score four goals or more is kind of currently around five. Wow, points. So you think, think it could, could be, be an absolute? Yeah, yeah I, think, I think the safer play I think would be Bayern on the Asian handicap minus one. So so that that means if Bayern if Bayern win by goal, you get your money back. That's around one eighty five. I think that looks more than fair. I think again the most likely outcome is a comfortable Bayern win here. Jake, what do you make of this one? Because Bayern are not flawless. Absolutely not. I look at them and I think there are issues. I think certainly in transition, they have issues. We saw that against Leipzig in the Super Cup. I think they have spells in games where the intensity drops, the pace of play drops. But what they do have that a lot of teams don't have is that ability to flick the switch. And suddenly, before you know it, you've been blown out of the game by them. And Harry Kane gives them the opportunity very much to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm with them. I think this could be a bit of a hiding <clears throat> again for, for United. Minus one, the Asian is the bet. Um, as as he said, you get money back if Bayern win by one. I'd be shocked if they don't win the game. Um, and yeah, just, just to elaborate a bit more on what Emmett was saying about United's away record against good teams. So if you take teams that finished in ninth and above in last season's Premier League, um, they've played two of them this season. They've lost both. So they've played 10 times um, across this season and, uh, and, and last season against such teams. They've lost nine of them. Drew just once, which is a way at a really poor Tottenham team last season. If you'd have backed the minus one handicap in all of those matches, you would have won. Uh, you would have been paid out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, and you would have had a, no, eight times, and you've had a push once. So you know they basically whenever they travel to a good team for whatever reason they just can't handle it. Um, I don't know if it's tactics. I don't know if it's the fact that they do try and play a little bit more um, expansive against those teams and get shredded for it. Um, but yeah, e- even even when, you know, last se- we uh, talked on the Saturday pod about them, last season looking a little bit more solid um, and easy to, uh, and tougher to play against. It wasn't the case when they played against the better teams and, and all, obviously Bayern are a better team. So um, yeah, I, I fully expect United to be well and truly rolled over. Mark, you talked at the top of the show about how you thought Bayern were a real contender to win this. I do agree with you. How are they going to get on in this game? Yeah, I'll just echo what the guys have said, really. I don't want to go over old ground. Uh, the guys have covered it really, really well. Just a couple of stats, really. Bayern go into this game unbeaten in 34 group stage home games in the Champions League. They've won the last 13 on the spin. Uh, they've won actually 31 of those 34 unbeaten games here as well. And they've scored in each of the last 40 home group stage games as well. So, you know, they beat Barca, they beat Inter last season, they beat PSG here last season. Uh, City had to settle for a draw. Atletico, Chelsea, Spurs have all lost quite heavily in Munich in recent seasons too. So it wouldn't be a huge shock if, if Bayern put United to the sword. The only sort of semblance of positivity I can have about United is they have actually looked okay when playing on the counter-attack and they might get a couple of opportunities to hurt Bayern yeah. in transitions. 
Um, clearly, Ten Hag switched things up in, in midfield uh, at the weekend. Uh, I'll wait to see what he does this time around because defensive injuries are still quite key there. But um, yeah, I completely echo the, the angle the guys have said in terms of minus one. The alternative I had here was to back Bayern to win and Harry Kane to score. Uh, you know, as a double, comes in at 2.3. Kane's got four and four since he's arrived. Uh, he's had three shots on target or more in three of his first four appearances and his chances equate to an XG of 358. So he's a slight overperformance in a team guaranteed to create yeah. opportunities is, is quite scary from a, a United perspective. And the only other game, I haven't got a price yet, uh, the only other option I so without a price is uh, Leon Goretzka to have a shot on target which has landed in all of his matches so far this season. Scored, of course, at the weekend and yep. has had three or more shots in three of those first four fixtures too. So he will and does have license to get forward and join the attack and uh, always like him sort of lingering on the edge of the box, more than capable of, of launching a, an effort at goal and getting that on target, hopefully at a nice price. One thing that's just occurred to me actually to maybe throw into a bet builder is Marcus Rashford to have a shot on target. I'm not sure what the price is on that, but whoever he's going to be up against... They play Conrad Lima there, who's a midfielder out of position on Friday night. Nusea Mazraoui, who's effectively the first choice right back now, is a bit of a liability defensively. He's always looking to get forward, but he leaves ever so much space behind him. So whoever, and then you've got Buna Saar, who virtually doesn't play football anymore. So <laughs> whoever that's going to be, I think Rashford's going to have fun. And I think he's going to get space and he might not get many opportunities to do it. But I think he's probably going to get a shot on target away. So I think anything that's pro-Rashford, even if you're not pro-United in the game, I think is worth a look. It's worth bearing in mind you can get a free bet when you place a £5 bet builder on Bayern against Manchester United this Wednesday. Opt-in required. Max free bet varies from £1 to £5 per customer. Minimum combined odds. T's and C's apply. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. And just finally, Arsenal back in the Champions League. They face a PSV side. The destroyed Rangers in the qualifiers. Emmett, PSV lost Chabby Simons in the summer. Peter Bosch has come in, a coach that takes a lot of risks. I know we've talked positively about PSV, but I do feel the Gunners are going to have some fun here. They will, but I think that I think they. Uh, I think it'll. It, yeah, it feels like kind of a three-one or a four-one Arsenal type game. But I think one thing. PSG should be able to PSV should be able to do is attack like they've they've scored 13 goals in their first four kind of air of easy wins they battered Rangers in the second leg of the qualifiers it's kind of they've um they, they signed Dutch international uh Noah Lang from Club Brugge in the summer and that's kind of really borne fruit they, they, they just I think they have a potent enough attack to at least get on the score sheet and just the trend for quite a while with Arsenal as well is just they is they have been fairly vulnerable defensively. Both teams have scored in sixty percent of Arsenal's Premier League matches since since last Christmas. A pretty big sample size. We've seen Forest trouble them with the Emirates. We've seen Fulham trouble them with the Emirates. So I think PSV can at least score, and what feels like is that a kind of a three-one or maybe even a kind of a four-two Arsenal win. And you're currently getting both teams to score at around one eighty-five on the exchange. That that, that looks a bit of value to me. That's all we have time for on this Champions League edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Yes, yes, stop shouting at me. I know there's Europa League. I know there's Europa Conference League and that Liverpool are in it, Brighton are in it, West Ham and Villa. We are going to cover their progress in the tournament with further shows as we go through. But for now, we're just focusing on the Champions League. There are lots of good European previews, including the Europa League and the Europa Conference League on our website, Betting betfair.com. We'll be back for our usual Premier League weekend previews later this week. Lots of other leagues as well, including Scott Watch. Don't worry about that. We haven't junked that. Our show's now on YouTube. Uh, They're on the YouTube channel for non-racing content. We've got our own dedicated channel for that, so please like and subscribe and then you won't miss any of our shows from Emmett, from Jake, from Mark and from me. It's goodbye for now.